Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are still at the 2020 Call to Council Conference and uh, wanted to bring you guys just a bonus episode that we're doing. I've got Lee Lewis uh, here with me. Lee, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely, man. And uh, I wanted to take this particular podcast. Um, Lee's been doing, uh, he's had a plenary session and he's part of the anxiety track uh, that, um, matter of fact, we just did a, a, an episode where we had Beth with us and we, we talked about the anxiety. But this particular bonus podcast, I wanted to take some time uh, for the pastors out there listening to us and even even lay leaders where, and I'll let Lee kind of speak more into that as this conversation goes, but we know that most churches, I mean, if we were to just hit the landscape, right, probably within um, evangelicalism, maybe 20% actually have a soul care minister or even, a, as you mentioned, uh, a snap-on ministry of like, you know, recovery or something like that, where there's some sort of, you know, biblical counseling or counselor available in the local church. Um, and I don't know that they may be a conservative number. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it seems like at least in my experience that, um, the majority of churches have no clue of soul care and count- biblical counseling in the church. And so I wanted to invite Lee in this conversation just because he's a part of uh, an organization with Garrett Higby mm-hmm. and, uh, just wanted to let him talk about, uh, soul care consulting and, uh, just, really let him talk about, man, what, what they do and how they can really resource the local church and then even beyond the resources once things are moving in that direction. And I'll let, uh, I'll, I'll let him speak more on that. But um, after that, just being able to actually provide at the consulting level where he can come in and, and really uh, kind of work a plan. So mm-hmm. Lee, you want to mm-hmm. take it from there? Yeah. So at Soul Care Consultant, we, we partner with, you know, all kinds of different um, churches, uh, you know, as far as their layout and their structure, but usually, probably the common the common theme with the type of church that will will either seek us out or that we'll end up getting to partner with is just their love for biblical counseling, um, and in their love for biblical counseling, whether that be an elder or elders, um, they 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 want to see that just the heartbeat what which behind what what we love so much about biblical counseling, like heart focused yeah. gospel sir, they want to see that yeah. brought into the life of the church and. And in so doing, you actually start to realize some really neat things that how uh, that 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 it's it's already woven into the job description of the church and how God lays it out in in what are called the one and others of Scripture. Yeah. And so that's the really the the thrust and the heartbeat behind what we do with Soul Care Consulting. It's bringing these beautiful this beautiful history of biblical counseling into the life and the culture of the church um, as seen as and expressed through. Um, uh, the one another's now um, that's nice in theory it, it's nice in a conversation yeah. and you get a lot of yes and amens on it but how do you equip towards that how do right. you structure towards that and so what we aim to do is to come alongside a church and, and really do a thorough evaluation of their their culture um, specifically their care culture their discipleship culture and, and and try to get an understanding kind of where they've been where they are and where they want to go knowing kind of uh, you know we, we've been in and around churches for several decades the the guys and the gals who help with this ministry. So we have some ideas where we'd like to see them go, but we want to nuance 
response that to to what what they the Lord's laid on their heart. And then you know after really trying to you know gain all that info from a detailed what we call a 360 evaluation, we'll pull that together and then and then we will um, put a roadmap um, in place for them uh, that that usually anywhere from a year and a half to to three year long roadmap that that gives them um, like a written document um, and 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 really some guardrails and and like a a plan of action, a map to start to implement um, and take significant steps towards, you know, building out that entire culture. And and this is what I love about it. Every church is so different. So there's not like one roadmap that I copy and paste and and just give to the next church. There's all these little expressions and and nuances that you have to consider. And then then this is where the biblical counseling world is so great. All the resources that we're exposed to, I'll draw those into that roadmap. And then we've obviously written quite a few of our own resources that we we love to try to recommend in there just because it's we've written those with this in mind so it's it, you don't have to like try to jam it into the 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 philosophy and the culture you're trying to build like we've written these things with that in mind and, and so that's what we seek to do to try to come alongside churches pastors and and uh, elder teams no that's really awesome and um, we do have some of their uh, some of their resources that we can take a few minutes to talk about that really could start at the uh, you know community group small group level but before we do that Lee I want to <laughs> I just there's we've had so much conversation since we've been here and and I think obviously on the you know on the heels of covid and what in my own opinion and just other pastors and uh, church leaders that I've talked to what covid has really exposed mm-hmm. With the current church model, yeah, yeah, and and I I've had more time to think and pray about this. I think we as the church, uh, leaders in the church, pastors in the church, uh, members in the church, uh, we have opportunity as this goes on to really look back and learn. Okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach yeah. us about your church? And I guess we call it ecclesiology, right? Yeah. Um, and I think one of the observations I have right now that I feel like I'm I'm um, keeping before the Lord is because I work with so many churches, I get a wide um, a wide expanse of of options to look at and to see how it's how this season's hitting multiple congregations. And um, I think one of the consistent things that I'm seeing is what is the danger of the Sunday heavy church? Uh, I mean, just here we are in the Bible Belt, the buckle of the Bible Belt. You know, there's churches everywhere, great churches all around us, and and so much of the ethos. If you were just to go into one neighborhood and ask them what churches, they would tell you Sunday. But but even from Scripture, we see that 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 that's the gathering, yeah. you know, that's the gathering of the church to come and, and, and let the redeemed of the Lord say so, and, yeah. and to sing praises and to hear the word taught. But I, I feel like sun, the church is really between Sundays and because COVID and the the restrictions that our government has put on us and that we've had to kind of oblige to um, up to this point that, I mean, it, it's, it's taken away the Sunday option and even churches that are be, being able to meet on Sunday, it's awkward and clunky. Yeah. It feels like a fire alarm escape, like a practice drill. Yeah. I mean, like you got to <laughs> ask people like we hugging or not like what yeah. I mean it's just it's like it's Air like a, it's a junior high dance it's yeah. just super awkward yeah. and 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 so what once was easy and organic and it's like now just really yeah. restricted and yep. and so so Sundays isn't what it was I I think and hope it'll get back to what it used to be what is that exposed about between Sundays in the church and that's where I again I think there's such opportunity yeah. with like small group life on life soul care type ministry because none of the restrictions affect that right like we're able to get together and 
parks or in backyards or yeah. in, in socially distant ways to be able to continue to do what we've always done as the, the capital C church, to do the work of ministry with yeah. one another. And so it just, it shows you where the church is weak potentially. So no, that's good because it is, I guess it's kind of with that, you know, that whole adage of, you know, being the church instead of doing church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the Bible belt, much of the Bible belt is doing church. And so I just, in our conversations about these things is because, you know, I mean, you know, every pastor has dealt with this, you know, to some degree or another, you know, over these last six months and trying to figure out how do we do church? You know, do you take the instructional pieces and you have that platform online and then you have the relational component of it, right? Because, you know, discipling is instructional and it's relational. I mean, Jesus demonstrated that. So you mentioned the ecclesiology of that, like, how do we do church? You know, we are the church, so how do we do church? Yeah. And so um, just with the reality of, you know, Lee, you mentioned that one another's of you know scripture i mean you can't apply those without the relationships right and so if all sunday is is a pop in pop out kind of mentality drop your kids off maybe go to a you know a sunday school and i'm not i'm not discounting churches that have sunday schools but the reality is you even have consumerism in sunday school because you have a lot of biblical knowledge but you don't have the relational capacity to apply it yeah it's like, so at, at that point, how good is your theology when you don't have the relationships to apply it? Yeah. How should all of this knowledge of God, this theological knowledge, like impact how I do life with people yep. and how I interact with my brother and sister and, 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 and be my brother's keeper, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's a concept that, that is just not seen consistently in the Western church. Um, but you go to persecuted parts of the world, I mean, they crush this because they don't have the big gatherings because of the persecution. And so they... All what they have is their homes. They have those underground relationships. Yeah, and those relationships yep. and the gospel that brings those beautiful things together. And, and I think the church thrives there for probably many reasons, but that maybe being one of them. Yeah, that was captured in the, um, this is actually the second time I've referenced this this week, but the uh, Sheep Among Wolves documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two volumes. The first one came out a couple years ago, but the second one actually reached some pretty uh, noticeable notoriety in that it actually reached, um, you know, headline news because it had like 400,000 downloads or whatever. And really what it was capturing is it was capturing the, the church in Iran where what they were experiencing, this disciple making movement. And actually I brought this up when we did um, our podcast with uh, Elise Fitzpatrick and she was talking about her book um, where, you know, she talks about the how women were used throughout scripture. So she did this biblical theology on womanhood, really. Um, anyway, so she was referring back to, you know, all the things that were happening in scripture. And then I, re- I was reminded of this documentary and what's happening over in Iran, um, which is one of the fastest growing churches in the world. And then also Indonesia, uh, all those areas where there's a lot of, you know, high Islam, Islamic, you know, cultures and degrees of that. And um, what was interesting relating it to women is they were having these unbelievable testimonies of Christ coming to them and uh, where women were, um, you know, when they profess Christ, you got, you know, they're coming in and they're getting, they're getting raped Mm -hmm. and they're like, I'm going through this for Christ. And they Mm -hmm. count it worthy. Mm -hmm. Like we, like for us to even remotely consider that here in America, we'd be like, that's crazy. Yeah. But that's to, to that very point. Now that's, 
that's an extreme, but the reality is that's where Christianity was born on that extreme, mm-hmm. right? And it's still continuing today. And I'm not saying this to try to, you know, pigeonhole America necessarily. It's just, it's just like, guys, we, we, like America needs, to, like the church in America needs to wake up. Yeah. And this model that has, you know, has grown and it's been, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people have been coming to America to go to seminaries. And so there's been a lot of equipping here. Yeah. But I think at the, you know, at the theological level, we were equipping at that level, but we lost the purpose of the relationship somewhere along the way. Mm -hmm. And so I think what's beautiful about all of that to say is with soul care and this, this reality, which is really just an emphasis and intentionality on uh, one another ministry, which Mm -hmm. is again, um, the one another's a scripture and, you know, the fact that we're all called to maturity um, and what, uh, Lee often calls mutual care, uh, which is in a lot of uh, a lot of their material. So, uh, speaking of your material, Lee, if uh, we could just re- you know use the remaining moments to just kind of reflect on, um, because I've I've had some people um, ask about some materials and stuff that we use, and there's a ton of small group material out there, but uh, Soul Care Consulting and and their kind of their small group stuff is you know really built around this idea of you know creating a culture of soul care. So, you know the the small group material is, is built around that. So there, again, there's a lot of that material out there. You can literally pick, excuse me, you can pick that up anywhere. Mardell. So there's tons of stuff. Lifeway has a lot of stuff, but this helps be purposeful in creating a culture of soul care. Yeah. So yeah. And, and there's, so we approach it like looking at layers. There's layers of uh, caregivers, um, layers of leaders um, that are caregivers. And, and so it starts, you know, we, we call the content transformed uh, at levels one all the way to six. So transform one is it's, for the Christian. Um, it's called transforming mutual care. And, and so it really draws out and draws off of the one another. In fact, I've, I've encouraged lots of churches to use, you know, transforming mutual care as kind of an entry point resource, yep. you know, like people coming into membership and put them in a small group that goes through this so they can kind of see what, what the Lord is calling us to as the body of Christ and, and, and that the church seeks to practice these things. And that's what our small group ministries are aiming to do. And, um, and so none of our resources are meant to, meant to like be an all-encompassing equipping. It's it's equipping leaders and members to do the work of gospel-centered, heart-focused care. Um, and so we're drawing off of biblical counseling history to do that. And, and, and then from there, it's much more leadership-oriented. So level two is transforming small group leadership. And that's where small group leaders or small group apprentices like are given b- both the nuts and bolts and then the theological concepts of care and shepherding that, that they would need to like fight for and use and, and even equip the members of the group to walk in as a small group. Um, and so we're not equipping them to be the catch-all disciplers of the world. We're equipping them very specifically yeah. in the area of uh, establishing yeah. and fighting for and ministering to one another as needs um, are confessed and shared together. But they're also trained in knowing how to bring those needs to the next level of care if the needs may be above their pay grade, so to speak, right? Yeah. And that's where level three is for coaching. That's actually being developed right now. Um, and then level four is for pastor elders. That's where we train pastors and elders in quite a bit of biblical counseling, but with this framework of a continuum of care. Um, and then it gets into level five, which five and six are for the formal counselor. So it would be it would be on par with like a certification with like ACBC or ABC. It's it's for the formal counseling in the intensive counseling world. But 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 if a church s- seeks to implement every one of those levels over time, now you've got this great continuum 
continuum and levels of care built out where you, you really do have the ability from intentional life on life all the way to the intensive counseling needs to minister the gospel. That is what brings the ethos. As we glorify Christ, the scriptures say, evidently the Holy Spirit goes nuts because when Christ is the center of our ministry and the people are rallied around the gospel and ministering in that regard, the Holy Spirit builds and does profound ministry in the body of Christ. And so, yeah, we got some trellis that we've put up now, but the Spirit's infusing all of that. And and to see so much great biblical counseling and care happening, yeah, there's the occasions where you have to pull in the the, the specialist, um, but, but it's not your knee-jerk reaction. And when you do, it's a strategic partnership from the community, not a, a punt or a default away right. from what really the church has and the opportunity to do. And they don't become a stranger disjointed from the body. Absolutely. And so if uh, it wasn't, it was this just last Last week, um, a situation came across my desk at our church. Um, young man, 15 years old, who, who, his situation, I could for sure counsel. I've got the training to counsel it. Um, but because he doesn't trust me yeah. um, and, and he's just working his way into our church because his parents are there, the trauma he endured early on, I decided to refer him to a trusted counselor in the Austin area and, and, and we're going to work together to help him. And, and the hope is to kind of steer him and guide him into life at the church with some of the other teenagers and the, 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 the youth ministry that we have while we care for and pour into his parents right now. And, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's, it's an effort together. And, and it's multiple layers and levels, and we're all doing the work of ministry. It's cyclical. It's not linear, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. when it goes from in, when it goes um, to intensive, right, and it's for a season, they're working through some things, and that's the whole purpose of an advocate, right? Mm-hmm. But to come back, the, then the idea is, you know, while they're going through that intensive piece, built into it is this um, this edification into getting them back into in, intentional, right? right? So right. it's they're never leaving. Mm-hmm. They're just, you know, it, it may be, you know, a couple different pockets where they're receiving care, yeah. but they're still a part of the family, right? Absolutely. Uh, right? So it's just like how a family operates. You know, if a, if a, if a child's misbehaving, and I, I don't want to reduce the, you know, misbehaving and sin, but the reality is if there's something going on, a parent can step aside, handle that situation, and then, you know, in some time, then they're, you know, they're enjoying family time together. You know what I mean? So it's like they never leave the family. Yep. They're just, you know, the, the, for a moment, they're, they're, they're getting intentional, purposeful care for a particular reason, but they never leave the family. Yeah. And it seems like the current models, as you mentioned, punting away, yeah. it's like we send them off to boarding school. And we never see them again. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> you know the, what I mean? The analogy I've kind of used is like, it'd be like my dad calling me up, like, you know, like out of nowhere and just saying, oh yeah, you know, me and me and your mom, cause my mom was diagnosed with uh, colon cancer um, a year and a half ago. Yeah. We, me and your mom, we, we've been going to the doctor. Doctor, we found out she had colon cancer about nine or ten months ago, and I'm like, well, "You just not telling me? Like, <laughs> right, I, right. I, I would have loved to know that. I, yeah. I, I'm not a I'm not a cancer doctor. I couldn't have done much to help her in the physical yeah. level, but I would have prayed my guts out for her. Yeah, I, I would have offered to do certain things for you. Can I come? Can I can I drive her to any appointments? Right. Like, get involved. It, yes. So. Are there situations that come up that need the specialist? Yes, but that's when the church is like, okay, what else? What else can yeah. we do to help you? A- a- until until this is fought through, until this is healed up, until this is m- maybe more firm. Like, what can we do around you in that? I love that analogy because, and it sounds like I'm really hating on the church right now. But you know, with that, it almost seems like right now in the culture that we have and the model that we operate in, it's like, yeah, we're doing that. We're giving them a care package. We give them a, a goodies bag, and it has some good things and some good sentiments, but we drop the bag off and we leave. Mm-hmm. 
There's no conversation. Yeah. There's no. In other words, it, it's almost like it becomes transactional, not relational. Yeah. The purpose of the transaction is to get into the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's just like God's mercy. Yeah. You know. Well, and you know, I'll speak for you. I know you love the bride. I know you love the church. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't think this is church bashing. It's it's out of the desire that the Lord's put in us as pastors, we long to see the body be the body. Yeah. And it'll it'll be hard. It'll be messy. It needs a ton of equipping. But that's yeah. what the scriptures say we're supposed to do. It's, yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be messy. Satan's going to be trying to disrupt it the whole time. And and yet I'm going to equip you with what you need to equip my people and, and look to Jesus while you do it. Yeah. Okay. So none of this is a foolproof plan to have flawless, perfect ministry. I don't even think the scriptures promise that. No, you're right. And it doesn't. And with all that to say, um, it, there's so much that's going on in our world right now. And what does that look like for the local church, you know, missiologically in, in, in these different ways and, and our hearts and the purpose of soul care consulting and all of, all of us, you know, pastors and biblical counselors, you know, in this little kind of culture that we have, it's just, we know how desperately the local church needs it mm-hmm. um, because it will get to a place in our culture uh, that will be pretty extreme to where you won't be able to, you know, being Christian isn't cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yep. gonna it's it's gonna go there, and it's gonna cost you something to be a believer. Uh, and then all of a sudden, that consumerism starts really, yep. you know, revealing itself. Yep. So we just want to get ahead of that curve, guys. We we want to get ahead of that curve. We wanna we want to be a resource to you, not just handing off a book, but also a conversation. Um, you know, and, and I'll put all the stuff in the show notes uh, for for Lee's uh, Lee's information as far as being contacted, and and I know he'd love to to reach out. But any final thoughts, just to pastors, Lee. On that well, note. Um, I just, um, brothers, what, what you do uh, as unto the Lord and, and, and your desire to care um, and minister the gospel to his sheep. Um, I think the first thing I'd say is don't forget we're sheep too. Um, and we look to the great shepherd. Um, but, but knowing, um, that, that the Lord's put this call on your heart and your life and that you've, um, put yourself in a position to submit to that, um, keep your eyes on Christ. And, and if, if we can serve you in any way, we, we would love to start having conversations with you and shoot us an email through our website. And we'd love to at least touch base. And, um, I, I learned something from John Henderson's talk yesterday. I, and it's not that I, I learned it because I never heard it. I just, I love Moses. Um, and, and John made a quick kind of throwaway reference about Moses and how Moses changed um, throughout the ministry oh, yeah. that he had. Um, he went from um, in the beginning of Moses, like in the beginning of the Exodus, like, like, especially as they begin to grumble and complain, like Moses, like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm out. And, and I've had those days as a pastor where I thought, maybe I just go get a, a quote unquote real job. <laughs> um, maybe I'll, I'll just go do something else. Maybe I'll kick off my private practice again. And, um, and, and yet the Lord changes as his grace is enough. And we see this later in Moses's ministry where um, he says, uh, Lord, if you're not going to go, I'm not going to go. And, and just his heart has changed, his heart for the people. And then you see him stand in the gap for the people when God was ready to destroy him. I'm like, I, that's where change our hearts. Give us a heart for your people yeah. the way you have a heart for your people because we are your people. And then, um, and so Lord, um, the Lord's good to equip us in that area and keep us humble and sanctify us Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Through, through the whole thing. So Sounds like a marriage, doesn't it? It does. It the, does. Sanct- the sanctifier. Well, we appreciate you guys. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.